it's a deep-seated love that they have for great coffee first and then second it's it's wow i can i can do what i love and make money and feed my family so this is great this is what i want to do and that's what really fueled me too it's a love of mine pursuing the perfect cup of coffee welcome to top brew the show that is best served fresh this is episode 57 I am Joe Darnell, your host, and joining me is my co- my co-host. I was about to say my coffee host, <laughs> Mr. Eric Rauch, tongue-tied. Good morning, tongue-tied Joe. Hey, Sir Eric. Good to be here. I, it really is having a regular cup of Joe today. And That's right. Yeah. How about you? Fresh stuff, huh? Yeah, because you made it for me. That's right, as I always do. Tradition. That's right. It's part That's, of the show. It's it a is. fixture of the show. Nobody can it, see this. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure the universe would have any idea what to do if if there wasn't a if there wasn't a cup close at hand. Yeah, when I talk to the interview, the guests, I always to have a cup of coffee nearby because, yeah. well, you can't talk about coffee and not have coffee. No, I mean no, no, not at all. It's uh, it's just you can't you can't have one without the other. A little secret though: some of the guests were not drinking coffee at the time of recording. I'm not going to tell you which. I don't want I don't want to hurt you know their reputations or anything. Yeah, that should that should not be made public. Nope. And um, if I ever have an episode where I'm not drinking something out of I'm not drinking coffee out of a mug, I'll just have some water in there because I'd feel ashamed to not to have a coffee mug at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some very big interesting news this week. This is different. This is going to be a little bit of a different kind of show. It will be, Eric. Yes, you have some very unique news for the show i do something is changing something is afoot yeah well i mean something is changing but but then then again something it's not in our coffee it's it's (laughs) it's not changing what Uh, when i say something is afoot all of a sudden i just i haven't had enough coffee this morning and i'm picturing feet (laughs) oh oh oh, in the coffee yeah and i'm like no it's not in our coffee yeah sorry people that'd be bad that's a bad that's a bad that's a bad mental image too um (laughs) yeah so um i'm gonna older guy you know i'm not i'm not ancient by any stretch of the imagination but i'm in, I'm in my mid-40s and i think all the listeners thought that you were like 21 no they didn't. you just broke the okay <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's 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 been uh it's been something that I've, I've had on my mind for a while i'm going to hopefully start my own my own coffee roasting business i'm uh, you heard not, it here first yeah that's right uh i'm not the the chief roaster at Thrasher Coffee anymore. Very um, new news. Working, yes, working to uh, start my own thing. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. This is a coffee show. You're the craft roaster. I'm just the enthusiast. And for a good year now, more than a year, it has been this this way. That Let's see, you've been at Thrasher now for about two years plus, two three, and a half years yeah. of development yeah, time. It's going on three. And in that time, you you learned everything, all the tricks of the trade. You started with a simple one-pound roasting machine on the counter. You know, you could make one pound at a time. Yeah. And we were using that at the office, and it got to be so good. We took it from there to a much more industrial roaster, which could make, what was it, six pounds or so at a time? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, a good day. It's a five-pound roaster. And there in the beginning, I was I was doing sometimes seven, eight-pound batches. I learned pretty quickly that I shouldn't have been, but it's still by, by industry standards, it's still a very, very small, very small batch roaster. And we launched the Thrasher company together. We, Mm -hmm. I was a part of the marketing and the design, the branding. 
side of things. And I helped them with the website and forming their the logos and what the email campaigns could be like. Personality of the of the company was was it was a, a team effort, yeah. but I made the visuals happen. Right. Yeah. And the company's just been interesting and excellent all the way through. Nowadays, we have you as the craft roaster alongside of Seth. And Seth is a guy we haven't mentioned before, but he's worked with Eric over at the craft roasting facility yeah. now. Yeah. But you, you've been the guy who ran the show, packed the boxes. You you took care of orders. You were checking in on the, the website to make sure that all the cogs were just moving in order from day to day. Yeah. For a long time, it was just me. And some days there were, yeah, there would be a rush of orders and we would bring in some backup people right. and help you take care of a yeah. lot of orders. Anybody that was, have me standing nearby, we'd, we'd, we'd drag them in and, <laughs> and uh, have them either, either fill bags or, um, you know, package coffee into shipping boxes for, for shipping out through the mail. Just anything that you can imagine would happen in order to get a customer out in Wyoming or something, a, a bag of coffee. Well, how does this happen? How does, how does this go from from green coffee beans in a big burlap sack in a big jute bag to a roasted bag of coffee in that in that person's kitchen? Except you for, read a lot of books. You experimented yeah. with a lot of beans. Oh yeah, I learned. I learned suppliers. a ton. Coffee's been a passion of mine pretty much my whole life. It kind of started in middle school uh, when I had my, at least to my knowledge, my my, my first cup of coffee. I lived for Seattle in three years and I, and I learned a lot out there. Um, I learned more about the, um, the consumer side of things. Had I known the direction my life would take later in life, I would have, I would have got more involved in roasteries and early and on. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Cause that was the, at that, at that point in time, that was the Mecca because, you know, Starbucks came from Pete's. So Pete's coffee was kind of the beginning of the second wave. I didn't know that. Of coffee, yeah. And then um I thought that Starbucks was an original. No, venture. when they when they first started Starbucks coffee, they were selling Pete's coffee. Oh. One of the original founders of Starbucks went to work or maybe even bought Pete's. I I, I can't remember the exact relationship there of Star so it was it was like West Coast coffee cuz Pete's is from California. Uh, you know, you had Starbucks selling coffee up in up in Seattle that was essentially San Francisco coffee. And then you know Howard Schultz came in years later and brought in the, um, the push for espresso and the, the European type drinks. That's, and that's what really launched Starbucks into this, into the stratosphere. It wasn't the fresh roasted coffee so much. It was the, it was the lattes and the cappuccinos and, and, and other things like the specialty drinks that you get when you go into the place. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure how we got, what well, we were talking about how did we get out there. Um, <laughs> we were talking about Eric's secret origins. <laughs> oh, that I was in Seattle. Yeah. 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 So that was a, that was a rabbit trail. Okay, so back to uh, Eric's journey. So, um, had I known that that I would end up a coffee roaster one day, I would have I would drink a lot more coffee back. Well, in the day. yeah, and I, and I would have I would have got more involved in the other side of the counter rather than you know approaching it as just a consumer activity. I would have I would have been more involved in following this as a as a professional activity. But you know that's how that's how life is. You don't um, you you can't you can't read the tea leaves. You can't look into the future and see what what life holds for you. So everything that brought me to this point happened for a reason. That's where we're at now. You know, I learned how to roast basically by doing it myself. I went to as, as many classes as I could, got as much experience as I could. One thing I've definitely found in the specialty coffee industry is that people are more than willing to help. There's there's the occasional person who's very standoffish, but uh, the people that I've that I've encountered, the vast majority of people that I've encountered are are helpful and most of the craft coffee culture people are just not 
their reputation precedes them as being snobs, but there just aren't all that many snobs, really. Yeah, they're and not in the industry. The people behind the counter, they're in it to make money, sure. But at least the ones that I've met are in it primarily because it's a passion, and then it's a business. It's a deep-seated love that they have for great coffee first. And then second, it's, it's, wow, I can, I can do what I love and make money and feed my family. So this is great. This is what I want to do. And that's what really fueled me too. It's a love of mine pursuing the perfect cup of coffee. Well, in that thrasher, you've now developed, what is it about six or seven different coffee roasts with different origins? There's there's eight altogether. If you include Christmas, which is obviously a seasonal thing. Not yeah. to mention that there are several private labels that are made by Thrasher and go under other names right. that you'd primarily roasted. Yeah, right. So. right. It's actually much bigger than it looks on under the hood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been fun. It's been a, a learning experience, but it's been, it's been a great time. It's been a great ride. Now I'm excited to strike out on my own and do something that I can point in some degree as, as being mine and not just a, not just a collaboration between other people, although everything's a collaboration, you know, it, it's, it's not like. Well, yeah, you're not going to reinvent coffee. Yeah, yeah, it, it, <laughs> exactly. But you do have a vision that, that you want to fulfill that you're not seeing done just yet. Right, right. Well, how is Thrasher ever going to live without you? Who's going to make my roasts from week to week? Well, will, will there be anything in my cup next week? I sure hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, there is Seth. Yeah. Seth is, is, uh, is, is doing the roasting right now and uh, he's doing, he's, he's, he's doing a good job of it. Good. Yeah, no, um, I have a lot of faith in Seth. I know he can do it. Your absence will be felt, but you're going to do other bold, interesting things with sure, coffee. Yeah. So it's it's Hope the so. story's not over yet. That's right. Hmm. Okay. So and this doesn't obviously this doesn't spell the end for Top Brew because you know, Top <laughs> Brew was was never just about about Thrasher. It was it was always about coffee first, and you know secondarily. Oh yeah, well, what I, I mean, do professionally. But like you said, there is that deep-seated passion that you have, like so many others in the craft coffee culture, and your passion isn't going to go away. You only discovered it a few years ago, and that's interesting. Like, not a lot of people discover their passion in their youth, and there's this myth in American culture that you'll go to college and you'll discover that passion. They'll, you know, fuel the fire. And by the time you're done with college, you'll know exactly what your purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fallacy. And it doesn't, yeah, it really hasn't happened. That's part of the American dream, but it just usually doesn't really happen. So a lot of people never discover that thing that they feel committed to. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I mean, it it wasn't like I just discovered this. It was, it has always been a passion of mine, but it was only in, recent times that I realized, well, hey, this is the thing to I sink can my do teeth this into. Yeah, yeah, this isn't this isn't just something that that is a spectator sport for me anymore. I can actually participate and do this myself. So that was the revelation. And I think, you know, if there's any life lesson in there, I think that that, you know, when when you do have these passions younger in life and and, and even later in life, we live in interesting economic time. Where you can still right pursue, pursue them at any t- yeah, time. You don't yeah, need to give up on your dreams. I mean, I hate saying that. It seems so cliche. It does, but but it's, it's true that there are yeah. some American myths, like the nine to five job, the dream, the American dream. That of, anybody can be the president. Yeah, and that you can come home and put your feet up on the couch and read the newspaper. Yeah, and your wife is going to vacuum and, yeah. and you know cook supper, and the kids all go to bed at eight sharp. Right, but those expectations <laughs> came from somewhere, you know. So it, that was the the expectations for the 50s and 60s, that kind of economic model. And we still... 
you know the problem with that bring that into the into the into the new century you know what's so sad is that those people they just it, it was before the enlightenment it was before craft coffee came to the scene and the 50s the 40s the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s they just we didn't have good coffee in america that was the problem that was the problem mm-hmm. yeah, it the all co- goes back to coffee especially coffee and the internet revolutionized the world they were the dark ages. <laughs> Basically, we had, what, about 8,000 years of dark ages until America discovered craft coffee. Wow. I would say rediscovered. Okay, so you got this new coffee venture that you're pursuing. It's not exactly that you've got your cart before the horse, but you've got your roasting machine before you have your facility. That's interesting. That makes this complicated. You have it does, a yeah. roasting machine on the way. But you have a vision for your coffee business and you're looking for a facility that's part of the equation right now. Yeah. Eric has a roaster on the way and now Eric's got to find a place to set it up and run shop. Yeah, it's it's not exactly on the way, but it can be at a, at a moment's notice. The only and part you're limbo, missing is the location. Yeah, where to put it. If it was a smaller machine, I could just I could just clear out a space in my garage and house it there for, for now. But this is a 10K... 20 pound roaster. It's a big, it's a, it's not portable, but it's also not, not one of those things that, that, that you move into one place and, and say, oh, well, let's, let's try it over here now. Once you install it, that's kind of where it is. So you want to, you want to make sure where you're putting <laughs> it is, is uh, somewhat permanent. Where you want to stay for a while. Right. That's a big challenge right now is, is mm-hmm. do I want to put it somewhere that's somewhat isolated or mm-hmm. do I bite the bullet and, and put it somewhere that's going to be more visible? I'm still, Going round and round with that in my mind. Interesting. We'll get to that uh, more in a moment. Let's go ahead and thank our sponsor. We still have Thrasher Coffee with us. And Thrasher Coffee, though uh, it doesn't have Eric in behind the scenes, it is still very much Thrasher Coffee. We still have the same beans. And I'm actually drinking some of the Thrasher Coffee right now from Seth, not from Eric. And it is still the Liberty Blend. It is very good. I want to say thanks again to Thrasher for supporting the Top Brew Podcast and the website. Thrasher is a small batch roaster of high quality, responsibly sourced coffee. They don't roast until you order, so you can be assured that the beans you brew are as fresh as you can get without roasting them yourself. And the only way to ensure that you're brewing the freshest coffee around is with a routine coffee delivery subscription. You don't want to run up to the store and get coffee when you need it because it's If you run out of the beans in the kitchen, it's a terrible thing. You won't have any coffee this afternoon or tomorrow morning. So you always want a fresh supply right at hand. And that is what Thrasher Coffee can do. They'll set you up with a subscription of freshly delivered coffee right when you need it once or twice a month. This is a way to go if you want to guarantee that you have the coffee that you need all year. And because Thrasher is a generous supporter of the Top Brew Podcast, you'll get 25% off of your purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. My thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the Top Brew podcast and website. All right. So you have a beautiful, large coffee roasting machine. You say it's about a thousand pounds in weight. Easily. Yeah. That's a lot more coffee roasting machine than you had at Thrasher. Yes, it is. That's a significant upgrade. What's its output like? How large can the batches be? Like I said, it's a it's a it's a ten k. So um, a kilogram, thousand grams is two point two pounds. Ten k roaster can theoretically do twenty two pounds of coffee, but you never you never want to run it full capacity. So uh, you know, ideally, it's a it's a twenty two pound roaster. In actuality, it's probably more like an eighteen pound, eighteen pound roaster, which is which is still 
triple, sometimes quadruple what what I was what I was doing mm-hmm. at Thrasher. So it's it's still a very small batch, but it, it's not microscopic batch, I guess, like it was before. So with your new venture, you're starting from scratch. This is an altogether new company yeah. and new roaster. You're going to have to identify who you're selling to. Who who are your customers that you have in mind? Um, I'm not looking to open a shop. Um, okay, so this is not a coffee house. I don't want to emphasize the fact that this is 10 tables. You're not going to have free Wi-Fi and no, lattes. Right. My yeah. vision is to essentially be a roastery. Roast for other people, for restaurants, for other coffee shops, for uh, for bakeries and other things like that locally. And then I want to have a, uh, a mission-based coffee that helps churches get good coffee into the hands of their people, both what they serve their people to drink and, and also have it for sale there at the, at the church. Well, for, Lord knows that most churches in America need a better coffee system. That, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that, that is so true. And then, and then what they, what I hope they, they want to do is, is offer this coffee for sale to their people by the pound. So I'll sell it to them at a, at a wholesale price. They sell it retail to their congregation. And then whatever profit they make on that coffee goes into their mission budget. So hmm. it, it helps the church do what the church should be doing and funding, uh, you know, whatever they, they choose to use their mission budget for. I would hope that, that this would be a, another way that they can encourage people to give to their mission budget, but also getting something in return, you know, getting great coffee for them to drink and use at home, but also uh, helping fund the mission of the church. Hmm. That's unique because so many of the, uh, the coffee enthusiasts are passionate about you know, ministry opportunities and making donations and supporting charities. And we, we see a lot of businesses that are supporting charities more and more online, but not quite like this. Right. So, so this affords smaller groups of people to be more charitable. Right. You know, it's really difficult sometimes, I know, because I've been in churches my whole life, to see a good system for your donations, for your, for opportunities, for volunteering and for missions work. It, it, things don't just always come together or if they do it's only for like a missions trip and then it's over. Yeah. But this is something that can continue it's to ongoing. grow yeah, right. and make a positive influence right. on a regular basis. It, there are so many smart businesses now, like I'm a huge fan of Warby Parker uh-huh. and I believe that, Every time that they sell a pair of glasses to a regular customer, they donate a pair of glasses to a person in a third world country yeah, in need. I think you're right. It's kind of like Tom's in that, in that you, know, yeah. you buy a pair of shoes and they give another pair to, to, to somebody in need. And, and essentially, you're not giving people a pound of coffee for every pound of coffee sold, but you're giving something, you're meeting other needs that are unique to organizations, churches, yeah. anywhere in the country that is looking to raise money and take care of their own charity work right. in their own way. Right. And I've, and I've already identified um, several places, but, but there is a, there's a, there's an importer locally that does the same basic idea, but they do it with, with green coffee. It's a direct trade coffee because they work directly with the, with the farmer. Yeah. So um, they're the suppliers. They're the, they're the suppliers, but then a couple, three, four times a year, they, they also take mission trips back to where the farms or down to where the farms are in Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, um, and and do mission work in that in that community, and so so, so they 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 pay, they pay the farmer really really well. They pay him um, way more than 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 fair trade, and they're helping that those farmers then build their communities with schools with anything that that that, that community needs to to progress and, and grow. They're doing this. So that mission idea, the, helping the local church fund its mission budget with with roasted coffee, 
that coffee with a mission goes all the way back, all the way back to the farm. So it's so it's a full full on from seed to cup mission minded coffee. Very nice. And uh, I'll go ahead and clue you in now that I'm actually working behind the scenes a little bit with Eric on this venture. So I'm going to be a minor owner in the company. Very I, minor. I'm very, very, very. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay being the minors and letting you be in the majors. I'll just uh, take care of things as well as I can for the branding and developing websites and helping you with email marketing and anything I can do for you know, marketing materials, making business cards. Those are my specialities. Yeah. And they're not mine. <laughs> and I really enjoy this stuff. You were talking about the passion. That is what I do from my nine to five. That's so right. That's right. So I'm I want to put a round peg in a round hole. I'm very excited about this. I'll continue to do work with Thrasher. I love those guys. I like th- what their objectives are. And I like what your objectives are. And we've been talking behind the scenes about what you want to name the company, but you're not ready to announce it yet. What are yeah, your thoughts? It's not, not like it's any big, big secret or any big reveal, but I, I don't want to announce it until the website's up and the company's actually open for business. When we announce it, I want it to be, I want it to be active. I want it to be live. Okay. And another thing in big news that influences this podcast and not necessarily like our ventures, but this podcast for sure, Eric, is what we are doing behind the scenes with a podcast network. Mm. So changing a little bit of the focus for the next few minutes, I wanted to clue everybody in on what we're doing with Topru and my other podcast, Tectonic, which I have been producing now for about a year. Okay. Both of them are a little bit over a year old now. And before these, I had other shows. I had a YouTube show back in the day. And I really enjoy these audio shows. People love these shows. And I love hearing from the listeners. And there's such a good community interested in craftsmanship in the podcasting culture. So I found excellent people on Twitter and in other shows that I like to hang out with online. And we swap stories and we just get along really well. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't know, there are podcast networks, both great and small. Some of them aiming to be like the equivalent of public radio. And so they want to produce highly crafted stories with interviews and they want to go deep into a story and give you the nitty gritty things that just kind of get your goat and get you excited and make you rant and rave about some hot topic in the news and current events. What's, what's the purpose of, of a network? The purpose of a network, though, varies wildly from network to network. So the big networks, they want to get massive funding. They want to have large departments of audio engineers, producers, storytellers, and they want to go around the world and tell interesting stories that nobody else could afford to tell. Oh, so doing more collectively than, than they could do individually. Yeah, they, they basically want to be new media. Yeah. They want to be media for today's generation, where radio is headed. You'll eventually see that live radio becomes an internet thing and becomes less and less of a broadcast station network thing mm-hmm. because who wants to be limited to, say, the Atlanta area with their programming anymore? If you can find well, an yeah, audience interested in your shows all over the world because you have unique hosts with a good, just they're just enjoyable to listen to. Why shouldn't that Atlanta-based broadcast be available anywhere in the world? Yeah, because now, I mean, now they're building cars with Wi-Fi. Yeah, hubs in, in, inside the car, so you're you're always you were through your cell phone, I guess, before, but but now you're always connected to the internet in some way or another. 
and and I think podcasts are the way for talk shows and documentary like shows and news shows to go because it means that the programs are accessible to everyone online. Yeah, they meet all sorts of niches that mm-hmm. that an individual radio show before wouldn't wouldn't be able to do because the because the draw wouldn't have been big enough. So for the smaller groups of people, the people who are podcasting from their home or from a shared co-working space or or a, a studio in their basement. Yeah, like mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we want podcast networks because of the opportunity to enjoy each other's shows, programs, and the little bits of culture that we share together. And each one helps promote the other one. Yeah, they actually do. So I've seen nine times out of 10 when there is a small podcast network that in all likelihood, if you're a listener that got interested in one of the shows, you'll probably like all the other shows on the network. And you, what do you do? You have five days a week that you have your work commute. You only got one show. You're not going to have enough things to listen to throughout the week. Right. And maybe you're going to the gym and maybe you listen while you do chores around the house. You want to have good shows, more shows from the same kinds of people. You, you know, they're like-minded. They're interesting people. You like to hear more from them. So having a podcast network supports that. You know, I have a lot of friends that have interesting stories to tell. We have interesting uh, show ideas and we just want to produce them together. It starts as a hobby and then it grows and turns into something else. So it's just moving towards some sort of announcement here, Joe. It is. What I am saying is that I am venturing out with friends to create our very own podcast network. Nice. And we've had a few mentions of the network online before, but this is the first time I've talked about it on our show. And I haven't spoken about it on our other tech show just yet. So I'm very eager to get this launched in the next few months. We would move the website, or should I say the podcast, to the new network's website. Okay. Along with all the other shows. So you'll be able to still get Top Roos, same as always, off of the new website. We'll have more announcements to come when we're closer to launching the network. So people that are already subscribed are going to stay subscribed, right? Yep. Without a hitch, you won't have to change feeds or anything. We have a great technical developer person on the team, and he knows how to do some whiz-bangery behind the scenes so that the transition is seamless. Nice. You don't ever have to listen to our other shows if that doesn't float your boat. Just, you know, the the coffee show is here. That's right, and it will be here. Yeah, so uh, be on the lookout for that special announcement. One other small minor update doesn't really matter, but I'm just going to tell you because maybe you try to find me on Twitter for a very long time. I have told you that my username is underscore Joe Darnell. It is no longer underscore Joe Darnell. Say it isn't so. (laughs) It doesn't really matter, but the truth is I just don't like underscores in usernames. And I was kind of stuck with it because I couldn't get Joe Darnell. I couldn't get Jay Darnell. I could not get Joe D. Uh, So I wanted my real name represented and nothing else. And I fought long and hard to find a name I could stick with. So the update is to now I'm on Twitter. I am at JCS Darnell. Okay. So those, those are my initials and my last name. You have two middle names? I do. Oh. I'm that special. Or at least my parents thought it was. You're like so. J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. J.C.S. Darnell. Stands for Joseph Carl Sherman Darnell. And that is that. So this is, uh, this is for Twitter? This is Twitter. Okay. You need to get on the Twitter. I'll help you if you ever want to do that. Yeah, I definitely need some. Well, I'm, I'm very uh, handicapped in that area. 
Mm. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll have a much more normal episode next week with st- uh, discussion topics concerning coffee again. That's right. I want to say thanks for joining us for episode 57 of Top Brew. Show notes with links to anything that we discussed will be at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 57. Also follow the podcast on Twitter. It is at topbrewfm on Twitter. And I am at JCS Darnell on Twitter. Lastly, I want to give a huge thanks to our continual sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. Use the coupon code TOPBREW to get 25% off and enjoy their craft coffee like the rest of us. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to the Top Brew Podcast. Podcast.